welcome to my show, Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight Asian leaders. Today, I have with me a very special and interesting guest, Kupalakshmi Krishnamurti from Chennai, India. Hi, Kupu. Hello. Hi, Priyanka. So let me, give you a, let me give you a brief background of who Kupu is. Uh, Kupalakshmi is fondly known as Kupu, as I've rightly pointed out. She heads Zoho for Startups, which is a program that's globally focused. She has been part of Zoho's growth story for about a decade, and she bridges the gap between businesses and technology, which has been the core area of her work. She focuses on strategic alliances between Zoho and various startup bodies, such as the state governments, incubators, accelerators, and other stakeholders. She's a mentor to various startups and guides them on pitching, design thinking, and on using EQ while hiring new talents and setting up the vision and culture of the startup. Kupu is a sought-after keynote speaker on topics like future skills, emotional intelligence, and human elements of technology. She is also an ambivert who loves to cook, sing, dance, and do a lot of fun things in her life. She also has an eight-year-old. So let's ask more about how Kupu does it all successfully with such grace and composure. Hi, Kupu. So excited to have you on Career Startup. Hi, Priyanka. Equally excited. Look forward to this conversation. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Absolutely. Such a pleasure, Kupu. Kupu, I've been talking a lot about Zoho to begin with. Tell us a little bit about what Zoho is and your role as a product evangelist at Zoho. Right. Um, Zoho is basically a software company. We create and sell software uh, to people across the world. Zoho has been around for say 23, 24 years now. Um, from the time the internet wave happened and um, how several of the businesses started using apps uh, to run their businesses. So somewhere from uh, 2006, uh, we rode this wave of uh, the cloud and cloud applications. And I joined Zoho somewhere in 2010, early 2010. And uh, it's been a little over 10 years but it feels like a lifetime. Uh, Zoho has not been my first job, but uh, such is the intense, the learning and uh, the path that I have traveled in all these 10 years. And today I'm a product evangelist, but I did not join Zoho as one. You know, I joined as a soft skills and communications trainer way back when we were say 1500 to 2000 people at that time. And the company was looking to hire a trainer that could train people on body language, understand cross-culture because we were selling to people across the globe. So what to say and how to say, be sensitive of the news. Uh, sometimes understand that technology, the words and the jargons is not going to directly relate to the people who are going to be on the other side, end users. So when I walked into Zoho, um, one of these days, I think I was working on the presentation when the CEO just um, walked by and you realize someone is looking at your computer and you're wondering who this person is. And then uh, he asks me what I was doing and all of that. And just as a, uh, say, a funny moment, if you look back, it, he just threw me a very casual challenge saying, oh, it's so easy to sit and be a trainer and tell people on how to talk. Uh, how nice it'll be if you be our end user being from a non-tech background, pick one, any of our product and try explaining it to the end user yourself. So started my journey after spending three, four years in Zoho as a content specialist, as a 
trainer slowly putting one one uh, you know area of interest into a product and uh, trying to learn it from the user perspective so before i know so many years have passed by many moments of challenge opportunities and personal growth uh, so that is me and uh, as an evangelist it is like what the spider man uh, famous quote goes you know with great power comes great responsibility so when you're representing an organization uh, you sort of become the face and people think of you when something goes wrong they find you on linkedin they find you on twitter and then they they want to connect via you back to your organization so it's it's very rewarding at the same time it's it's a lot of responsibility that you take on to learn things and you represent your organization by adding little of your own personal style to it you know i i define evangelism like that that's pretty interesting and you've had your own growth curve at zoho so i'm i'm so glad you've been willing to share your experience tell us how does it feel working at zoho over the last decade what has changed what has changed okay um every day i feel a lot of things and sometimes i think i overthink things so it's it's a uh, duet i call it between what you think and what you feel and we women are very good at bringing a balance where you know you have to listen to your emotions because therein lies the heart of intuitiveness your foresight the 3d 360 degree decision making the other side there is your intellectual capacity where you're always curious uh you learn from uh, my i learn from my daughter you learn from people around you to keep your childlike curiosity alive you know always going on and asking what is this uh, how do i understand that feature and be very comfortable in asking those silly questions because those are your moments of learning initially uh, i was a little hesitant to ask those questions because um, everybody around you is tech savvy they are writing content for marketing uh but then you realize you have to be comfortable in your own space and uh, ask people for help if you're stuck so over a period of time i think i changed these really rigid uh, things that we acquire as adults and then um have fun uh, in this process you know uh, there's this tiny insecurity that that you eventually change into vulnerability and then put in your strength which is otherwise looked upon as a weakness what has changed in me is uh this quality um where what do you say the uncertainty becomes an important part of you the uncertainty of tomorrow how tech tech keeps changing it's never enough what you know so somehow this insignificant part of you gives you comfort over a period of time so i've understood in every way that change is the only constant even as we speak you know the pandemic has brought about so much uncertainty that we all are waiting for some clarity of how tomorrow will look like so i that's, see myself as an eternal learner that's very true kupu when uncertainty seems to be everywhere and it's hard as leaders you know how do you predict the future and how do you take your teams with you uh you know with some knowledge of what the future is going to look like now as you touched base on vulnerability which is a very key aspect uh, of leadership because you always need to have that childlike curiosity which you rightly pointed out but still have that foresight 
Now, if I ask you, what would be the top three skills that you would rate as very important in your career? What would those be? Top three skills uh, in my career, you're saying? Mm -hmm. What will those be? Good question. So if you think of skills, uh, I think uh, it's a lot to do with interpersonal, how you would work with people of different personalities, experience. Um, that is one. Number two, I think I always go back to basic communication skills. You know, right from how do you ask questions because uh, it's not equal to questioning someone, right? Uh, it's about asking the question in the right way where you keep your mind open for answers. You don't really craft a question in a way where you uh, expect the answer or you're waiting for the person to give you the answer that you want. So one is all these interpersonal skills. Two is very basic communication skills to understand time management, uh, to understand, like I said, how to ask questions. Um, how would you approach storytelling? Because when you talk about tech and, and the role that I took on, it wasn't very easy to do, okay? From being a trainer, suddenly you're standing in the stage representing Zoho and annual user conferences and workshops. Um, it wasn't very easy at all. But then uh, I think I was comfortable with those challenges, you know, no two days looked the same. And somehow I liked it that way, you know, to wake up and see what the day has in store for me, uh, to look back at those moments of challenges, because when you look back, they, they transform, they metamorphose into moments of opportunities. At that moment, they are very challenging. You break into a sweat, or you're standing in a room full of audience, you know they know better than you. But then, uh, to show yourself to people, I don't know if you can call these as skills, generally all of these life skills, I think is very, very important. And uh, early in life, I uh, involuntarily uh, invited some failures into my life. So those played a very important role uh, in acquiring these skills and understanding that I still have to improve. There's always scope of improvement. I agree. And learning is a process for, for each one of us, be it personally and professionally. And the biggest thing is, what lessons can you acquire and make yourself as a better person, a stronger person as you go forward? And I really love the word metamorphosis that you mentioned about. It's like, you know, a butterfly's trans transformation uh, and everybody has something unique to share to the world. And that explains when you're on stage sharing uh, the story of Zoho in the most easy to understand way without the technical jargon. I think that's very key. Now, you spoke about being head of communications and soft skills at Zoho and working with different personalities which is a little challenging, you know, getting everybody on the same page. What is one lesson that you've learned in that experience at Zoho when you look back? Wow. Um, let me collect my thoughts here. So when, when I look back, there are many, many um, moments of learning, right? I think one that will always stand out is understanding perspectives. I think I started looking at... Uh, what you call the emotional quotient or emotional intelligence side of things because you have to be very self-aware and uh, one, only when you're self-aware you become socially aware, right? You, uh, like say, I cannot approach uh, people as an established trainer 
they're not going to learn anything from me because people who are going to get trained are adults easily more than 25 years old you know by then how rigid we become especially when i, I i'm talking about 10 years back right i was i was younger and then when you stand in front of experienced tech people you are actually pitching to them as to why it is important to say things that you know as to how you present you can you can cook the world's most famous tastiest biryani but the way you plate it the way you decorate it um the, the time that you uh, effort that you put into you know uh, give it in a very presentable way sometimes that also matters you know so um looking back i think i learned perspective i learned to be more self aware in order to be more socially aware because relationship management was very very important you don't have to get people on the same page all the time but you have doors open you leave doors open where say after they leave my training or they leave a meeting after discussion they find they should find me trustworthy they should find me um intellectually approachable where uh, we exchange points we are both open to uh, concluding at a midpoint so many a times it's not about right or wrong it's about doing what is important for zoho's big picture so if i have to make one thing into two things i would make it as perspective and a lot of emotional intelligence yeah and i'm i'm so glad as a as a speaker you're talking more about emotional intelligence because i think as women we have a very different level of intuition when it comes to reading people's mind i i'm glad you agree on that part of it um so tell us a little bit about uh, mentorship in your career because you're here today uh, you know with a lot of your own inspiration and willpower but i'm quite sure there must have been people in several aspects of your life who have helped you propel into what you are today um see in, in all these years of of narrative it's really kind that uh, people think of me as a mentor or like you say you know uh, the words that we use how you propel yourself like all the world's a stage and you're standing there i really see all of us as different uh, places in a huge set of concentric circles okay each of these concentric circles can mean a lot you know different uh, topics or skills that you give it can be tech um, it can be running a podcast isn't very easy right you have to put so many factors together your networking skills um, when you launch off what happens to your credibility and all of that so imagine each of these as these concentric circles okay i always see each of our human beings as you know different people standing in different circles inviting each other to come hold hands and exchange knowledge where uh, you don't have to um, pull yourself up or take the effort you know to to pull someone from a lower level to where you are understanding uh, this perspective has helped me be more open to exchange of knowledge in a way where if i am a mentor i'm open to learning 10 things from whoever accepts me as a mentor and uh, this is something that you cannot self proclaim i cannot arrive with saying hello kupu is a mentor right there are several uh, stages in life that you cross and you arrive 
and every mentor comes with an expiry date when he or she doesn't learn so how do you change your mindset uh, how inclusive you are in your thought process how you are able to guide someone without changing them into you my intention shouldn't be making 10 copies of kupu you know what will happen to the world you need all kinds of people and get them to be the best version of themselves so i think i've learned a lot from the mentors i have had in my life you know uh, it's a blessing sometimes i've worked to be deserving of them i've gone and bugged these people extensively networked uh, waited till they look at you and and can i ask a question you know and then follow through them over years so i think some of it i have picked from them a nice copycat and then i have added my style because uh, looking back only you realize how important authenticity is so it's it's a very rewarding place and a very responsible place to be in to be a mentor where you learn the the dignity in which you give is always equal to the dignity in which you receive there's always a two way street and i'm very very happy uh to be as a mentor for several startups because the learning is so immense it's just so immense yeah that's amazing to hear kupu and it's always a two way street as you mentioned you know being a mentor uh, mentor yourself but being a mentee as well you understand the challenges of having approached someone having got somebody's attention and now when somebody's trying to get your attention you know how how kind and gracious you could be to give them your yeah. time said it so right you know you have been in that place once no very no, what are you going to give back very nicely put yeah right thank you and i've had several mentors myself uh, or in my life and you know it's always interesting they don't have to be in tech these are people who come from different fields but have nuggets of wisdom that you can imbibe and i've really enjoyed being a mentor myself especially to high school and middle school girls in stem science technology engineering and math because i feel giving back and being a role model for a lot of uh, uh, you know kids who are trying to understand what the future path could look like what are some career choices that you can do so thank you for sharing that uh, i know you've had several ups in your uh, professional life but if i could ask was there ever a low moment in your career which really scared you what would that look like <laughs> okay there's several of them okay in the sense where some of the days you wake up you want to go back into your blanket saying okay i'm not going to peek into this day oh i have to wake uh wake up today and then take on this day uh at least to you know get by there are several days especially during this pandemic you know um, no two days are same uh things are not in your control um work and workplace have taken several definitions during this time uh, people are trying to go remote where, like they don't have a choice you know india was always talking about future work but now overnight we had to take the decision uh see if you can use technology and all of that let me not uh, digress too far away from what i was going to answer but yeah there are several days that are really scary but that that is also means that i'm human i've not just by becoming a mentor i've not reached a point where there's a halo around my head i'm zen and 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 i've reached a place of you know total uh, 
self secure position these are the times when you seek your mentor you know go find that dormant conversation and say okay what do i do i feel stuck so if i have to give you a specific example um i think with startups um especially when when you are talking about technology and startups these days it's very 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 challenging because many of them don't want to talk to me Why they want that? to talk to my ceo okay mm-hmm. because somehow they think being in that position because they are founders co-founders they think i am someone who wouldn't understand what it takes to run a startup during this time some of which is very very reasonable but imagine my ceo so ceo with 8000 employees to manage with with a foresight that he has to distribute to everyone how is the possibility of him being available to have conversations with each of them even if that is humanly possible so during this time i think i've gone back to the um, qualities or what do you say credentials that made me as a trainer and go back to refreshing those lessons on empathy and uh, work on making them understand it's not easy at all every day i'm scared when i look into my email inbox what uh, escalation is going to happen uh, i'm going to sit and think on what can i say where i can convince this person that i am the right person he's talking to mm-hmm. right so uh, there are times like this that are very challenging there are times when i'm emotionally full because uh, maybe i'm thinking of incidents from my past maybe i'm connecting the dots unnecessarily i'm fretting over things that are not in my control so those are the days that are very very scary and during the pandemic i see more of such days so you wake up and you say uh, you create a mental drawer and and the morning you wake up and open the drawer where daughter's online class do this 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 and shut the drawer and then open another drawer okay what is my to do list and then take care of that and push it back so to not think of everything at the same time uh and i have learned this only after hurting myself enough you know pulling my hair and going crazy and then you sit down with a cup of tea and think okay what am i doing you know i'm not going to go anywhere this is like a treadmill so let me walk if i have to scale the mountain let me be mentally prepared practice every day and take one step at a time I and mean, i'm not going to scale the summit overnight this conversation happens with myself very very frequently did i answer your question oh absolutely and i was about to say thank you for being so graceful in terms of sharing your vulnerability because i wasn't expecting an answer of at this level so uh, <laughs> thank you because it it makes makes us feel that we are human and we have our own set of emotions and i really like the idea of compartmentalizing what you have to deal with life you know and you know especially we are wired in a different way as you know the psychology of men and women i don't want to make it more about women but you know in general we connect the dots more than the situation demands sometimes uh and i like the way of uh, you know just practicing that mindfulness of thinking of the situation as it is and then taking a break and being more self aware which are some of the key skill sets that you mentioned uh, earlier on so but that's a very vulnerable vulnerable moment that you shared so thank you our listeners are very grateful for that uh, 
So as part of your career, I know you work with a lot of startups. What's the scale of, you know, these startups that you work with? Tell us a little bit more about that experience at Zoho. Okay. So uh, of all these 10 plus years that I have worked, 2017 is when we began intensely working with the startups. Also because Zoho was growing. When I joined, like I said, we were 1,500 people and there were a handful of apps. Today we have grown into a full-fledged suite of uh, apps giving end-to-end solutions for any kind of businesses at any stage of growth. Uh, be it you're a solopreneur or you, are, you fall under the category of uh, MSMEs, your enterprise, or your really small-scale businesses that work on sustainable models or be it startups. We have solutions to run your business, be it uh, customer relationship management, or how do you do your sales and marketing? How do you take care of communicating and collaborating with your teammates and with your customers and clients? So when you have a solution uh, that has grown over the years from handful of three, four apps to 45 plus apps today, we've reached a milestone of 50 million users from across the world, um, it is very important to, un- to take a step back and look at the journey once, okay, in all these uh, 10 years. So 2017 was also the year when uh, we launched Zoho One as one bundle of all the apps from Zoho, right? So this is like in a restaurant, you enter and uh, you're given a choice whether you pick menu from a la carte or there is always a starter, a soup and a main course and a dessert combo, or you have the entire buffet available for you. As an end user, if you are someone who has walked into restaurants, who has done fine dining, you have an idea of how do you go about your selection of apps, how hungry you are and all of that. Um, But if you are someone who's been comfortable only in your uh, cuisine for some reason, This is an analogy I I draw because it relates very easily to people. And um, when you do this, in in 2017, India also arrived at a stage where Invest India was formed uh, Mm -hmm. under the government. And there was an initiative called Startup India that was launched. Around the same time, we launched Zoho One. And uh, it was very, you know, what do you say, a, a moment of importance for us because that was the first ever collaboration we made and uh, it gave a sort of wonderful wonderful ripple effect across the country and uh, Zoho got its visibility in India because till then we were looking at revenue and businesses in dollars and pounds and now you are um, a made in India company that's made for the world and you better focus on what's happening with India. So 2016-17 saw the startups ecosystem that was stabilizing, you know, not every uh, small businesses were, were calling themselves as startups because everyone was calling themselves VCs and invest of money, investing of money was happening everywhere. Now, uh, when uh, the stabilization happens, it gives you like suddenly the cloud is all gone, the haze is all gone. Uh, there are VCs that have knowledge on what kind of businesses India needs what kind of businesses will thrive. So I think we were very lucky also at that time due to several collaboration with the central government and with several state-run incubators like Karnataka, like that run by Kerala. These are very, very active ecosystems. So 
we begin working with the startups we understand when they scale up when they open their ideas what are the apps that they would need to set their shop you know put all those things together and then this is an online shop you're talking about online businesses either it, a, it is a product or it's service and then what are the tools that they would need when they scale up because before you know it a startup goes from 6 to 10 members to 20 to 25 members though they work towards this growth many a time times they arrive at the chaos and then they try to solve the chaos and what happens then the famous jugaad happens mm-hmm. you take an excel sheet and you do patchwork you take an email and you try to plug in with another software so i got the opportunity to work with um, startups and i have a very small team so we work for the startups like a startup donning several hats do the marketing do the social media management do the pitch take care of the collaboration uh, peak over times take the flight sign the mou so it's it's like growing a lot of hands and uh, i think uh, the covid has changed how startups look at themselves given the economy and impact but it's been a very very rewarding interactions and i think they have invited me to be part of each of the startups i've made several lifelong friends they know what i cook during the weekend what i bake to uh, sharing some of their most vulnerable moments with me from tech to cakes we talk everything today that's very interesting and that shows your uh, the side where you're nurturing those relationships right so it's not just a professional relationship but how do you continue uh, you know lifelong friendship with some of these amazing people and i really like the fact kupu that you're making an impact by helping other startups succeed by bringing your expertise uh, you know as a as a storyteller yourself and as the head of startups for zoho so i wish you all the very best as you continue to help other startups grow and thrive uh, i know you work across different time zones right because you're working with companies globally and you know as a mom uh you know as a successful career oriented woman how do you make this all work so seamlessly it doesn't work seamlessly okay from outside it looks all good but then there is an effort that you take right um say for example last night um there's not much sleep that i i could get due to various reasons because sunday evenings my mind start working on making to do so monday morning and you have to tell your mind to shut up so uh now bring into this the time zone differences because before you are awake singapore is up and then there are people from zoho in singapore office who are working on ideas and then uh, you wake up and then an hour and a half goes by and then dubai wakes up because we working with the middle east as well uh, it doesn't work seamlessly but the advantage of working in a tech where uh, we dog food right we use several of zoho's apps uh, to run ourselves which means there is chat app for communication there is email um say the scheduling of emails and all of that where you can finish your work in the time zone that you are most creative and then log off and do whatever you want and that's also because of the culture we have set and worked on really hard inside zoho right from the ceo um we have used these tools 
always gave importance to the human element and uh, worked on enabling uh, human lives where technology is only a catalyst. Uh, I, I go back to the Spider-Man once again where there is a red cloak and a black cloak in the story. And the black cloak especially takes the personality of the person that's wearing it. So when the actual Spider-Man wears, he becomes good gooder, like my daughter calls, good and better. But when, when people who are jealous or, you know, uh, who want to be Spider-Man themselves, when they wear, you know, it takes a different shape and it starts harming people. Uh, my daughter is showing me something to read from a book that she has written. Uh -huh. She says, uneasy lies the head that wears the, that wears the crown. I think she's talking about the responsibility that comes with the power. This is one of her favorite quotes, I think. She's been pointing to that from the time we began talking. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you to the little one who uh, will... I'm so glad she's joined and get crashed into our podcast as well, which seems to be the norm anyways, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making this very personal. Uh, thanks to your daughter on that. Thanks. Thanks for being accommodated with this. Oh, absolutely. So what I meant to say is technology is like that. As such, it doesn't create magic. Um, AI and deep machine learning or even basic technologies always depends on the human that's holding it. What I mean by this is I can leave a chat message for my team members and then I can do, go do about several things. Uh, especially when you have to be creative. You have to go sit in a corner. You can't have 10 chat messages popping and e email box that is overflowing. So I think we have set a culture where we've used these pieces of technology ourselves, figure out way to asynchronously work. You know, when something is urgent, I will always call my team, right? They don't have to panic when they see uh, chat messages from me or emails from me and drop everything and reply. So this has helped in uh, working across time zones where each of us is aware of how long it will take for the person to come back with a response. So I think um, many of the startups also today have this understanding of how communication works. And now we all have gone remote. We're working from the comforts of our home. So sometimes the understanding is forced upon us, which way it happens faster. Right, and that goes to say about setting expectations uh, with your teams and you know people that you work with. Well, thank you so much, uh, Kupu, for walking us through your life at Zoho and some fun trivia moments in your uh, personal life, especially. Uh, are, you, are you ready for a fun rapid fire round uh, with us, which is a special episode, uh, which is a special round that we have for every guest on our episode? Yes. The thumbs up. All right. So you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following fun fact about Chennai which is also my hometown, by the way. Your hometown, good. Fun fact about Chennai is, in Tamil they say, Vandare Varavaikum Chennai. Every second face speaks Telugu, every third face speaks Malayalam, every fourth face, face speaks Punjabi. So I think it's become a really multicultural place. One word, um, diverse and inclusive. Two words. Role model? My role model, um, can I take names? Sure. I think you can, right? Um, several of them right now off the top of my mind is my most favorite 
chest person, Dr. Saundarya Rajesh. Favorite book given you love reading nonfiction? I love reading non-fiction. Uh, the recent favorite is uh, Ikigai, but I always go back to reading Brené Brown's any day. How would you describe what you do to your kid? Because I know you're a big fan of explain it like I'm five. Yeah. How do I explain it to my kid? Uh -huh. I think he knows me as a storyteller. Amma is always with Mike. She's traveling, packing the next, next suitcase, and uh, she'll come back home with those moment, mementos and gifts and she'll talk about what she spoke and whom she spoke to. Amma is a storyteller. That's a nice skill set to have, right, as a mom. Yeah. The last and final one, what's your native language and one word to describe yourself in it. And I would love for you to let our viewers know the meaning of your name as well because it has a lot of significance. Oh, yeah. Um, one word in my mother tongue mm -hmm. describing me, not the mother tongue, right? No, describing yourself. Uh, in my mother tongue. Wow, you caught me there. <laughs> my mother tongue is Tamil. Um, I'm thinking how to describe uh, myself. Um, wow. Wow, <laughs> I think I should. I really need a minute. It's not, it's not rapid fire if I think. That's completely fine. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I think I'm thinking of the word in Tamil that means impulsive. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. It's like I put Koko uh, on the hot seat given that she's been on stage <laughs> every time. Look what I've done to her. That's right. Um, can I go hide somewhere? <laughs> You know what, I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to divert you a little bit. Uh, impulsive, I, I get what you're saying. Tell us about the significance of your name. My name? Um, it's sort of a personal story uh, where I am the fourth child for my parents, where, which means um, there were babies before that uh, didn't stay alive. And according to customs, they had to add um, certain parts of the name where uh, they call it the drishti in Tamil where uh, you pray to gods and goddesses and uh, you know make sure that at least I'm alive. So they add um, words like kupu, subu to the name and I was born on a Friday and uh, this is the first time ever I think I've been asked that question and I'm explaining so it's very very special. So it's kupu plus Lakshmi and my mother always told me that it was my granddad who named she didn't want to name me that, but uh, that's how Kupalakshmi was, was born, literally. I was born on a Friday, so they added the Lakshmi. And because I was the fourth child, a special child, to stay alive, uh, Kupu was added to the name. Thank you for sharing that special significance. Uh, Kupu, thank you for being on my show, Career Startup Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to know the real you and to unravel certain aspects of your life that you've shared as an exclusive for us. So thank you for all of that. And I really felt inspired getting to learn more about your journey, be it at Zoho, uh, you know, be it as a storyteller, be it as somebody who's very kind and compassionate to help startups succeed and being an amazing mom to your kid as well. So several facets of your life that you've successfully handled 
and to your parents um, i'm quite sure they've uh, they felt uh, they feel very grateful and proud of what you've achieved in your life and you continued success as well uh, for naming you you know the right way uh, uh, also so any parting thoughts to our listeners uh, before we wrap up the special episode priyanka i want to tell you thank you so much for the warmth you bring um, the warmth and the familiarity that puts any person i think at ease because it's not really easy to uh, you know convey what you want to convey in the way if you are not there sitting across me um, and so far i think in my life i've been very fortunate whenever i'm doing such interviews where you can't plan candid moments but that's the only way i want to show myself you know in the flow caught in the moment not really striving for perfection but but to show my true flawed self that that is the complete self so thank you and uh, i was just thinking of how over the years i've accepted my name because when i was very young i remember throwing my bag and saying what kind of name have you given me people are making fun of my name and um, from teachers to friends but it took a lot of years of you know my parents to sit me down help me understand how it's not so common some day my name will add more uh, special whatever to you know who i am so today i think uh, most of them don't uh, call me in my full name they call me kuppu but it sounds so special you know when people call me with my name uh, it feels so special and uh, i've learned to finally accept this <laughs> not so common name yeah so thank you so much priyanka i am so glad that uh, via this career podcast career startup today i am been able to share some pieces of me and i'm listening to myself and uh, once again without you i wouldn't have said whatever i had to say in the way i said and i'm so glad i got to meet you i wish you all the best and i look forward to uh, a number of people subscribe to this where you've given us this beautiful platform to share our life lessons and life stories and i promise to be deserving of this opportunity you gave me so best wishes to you and to everybody who's listening to this podcast thank you so much well thank you so much kupu and that was kupu lakshmi for us uh, thank you for being on our show career startup podcast until another episode with another interesting guest this is your host priyanka kumla signing out